Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller and this is indeed a pro wrestling show. Thank you very much for joining me. It's either going to be incredibly late on Thursday or really early on Friday, depending on when I get around to doing this. You don't need to know that information, but now you do. Uh, Kind of a crazy week this week in wrestling because somehow we have yet another pay-per-view this Sunday. It's NXT TakeOver in your house and we will talk about that a little bit later. Um, But obviously we didn't do the show on Twitch today because I knew I had this one booked in. So I didn't want to, you know, waste all the information that we have. So we will tap into AEW Dynamite and anything that happened in the last 24 hours. And as I always say on these podcasts that are exclusive to the audio feed, so if you are listening, please do hit the subscribe button. You can come on. You can come and join me. You head over to patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. I treat it like a shop. And one of the tiers is, like I say, you can come on and just chat. We'll chat about wrestling. We'll chat about whatever the hell you want. I enjoy engaging the wrestling community and it's been going all right. So I hope you guys do as well. And today, for the first time making his debut, it's my man Dan. Dan, how are we today? I'm doing all right, uh, considering yeah. everything that's going on, just fine. Yeah, it's, good. it's a very good point. Right now, if you can just say I'm okay, that's massive. That is huge. It's uh, it's an absolute, it's an absolute win. So we had a quick discussion before we've started, and you are an AEW guy, which works for me because we can talk about dynamite that uh, again either happened yesterday or the day before that, depending on when I get this up. Before we get there, though, man. Talk to me about it. Obviously, AEW now is is established. It's a thing. It's slowly working its way into sort of the wider ether of professional wrestling. Like a lot of my casual fans are now saying, oh, Miller, I heard about this AEW thing. Should I watch it? Should I care? And I tell them to give it a go and see what they think. What have you thought about it over the last um, year or so? And how do you feel at this moment right now, especially with the no crowd situation? Sure. Well, I mean, AEW's history is basically my history as a wrestling fan. Um, I I uh, I had a big move uh, within the United States uh, about three years ago, and a friend I met out here um, got me into wrestling uh, with the Royal Rumble from 2019. So that was the first time I'd wow. watched wrestling. Um, oh, so you're brand new, dude. This is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm 31, and this is this is like brand new to me. I think, uh, you know, I. Other kids tried to get me into it when I was, like, young. Uh, I remember watching, like, 10 minutes of it and looking at somebody, and I was like, that punch didn't hit that guy. What are you watching? (laughs) And, uh, you know, I I think at the age of, like, 12 and 13, people weren't able to have a conversation of, like, it's a show, there's a story, you know, watch all of the other amazing athletic things that are going on, right? We just weren't capable of having that conversation. It was just like... I just called something fake and they love it. And, uh, you know, that, that's the end of that conversation. Um, but when I was so introduced what changed, to it, man? Yeah. What changed? Cause that's quite the shift to go through. Well, yeah. Um, so I, I showed up, uh, to watch the Royal rumble and I just wanted to hang out with my friends. Uh, I didn't have any huge expectations of enjoying the wrestling or anything like that. Um, and early on, you know, I, I made a comment, of, I think, about a hold or about about something. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, no, it's fake. And and I think he was just he he was practiced in having this conversation. Um, 
And then so I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to try and appreciate this as something other than an MMA fight, right? Because if you come into it wanting to see that, you're, it's going to be a strange experience. Yeah, um, and also you're going to set yourself up for a fall because that's not what you're going to get. And then you would be disappointed, which makes perfect sense. Right. Uh, so once I started watching it for, for something else, um, you know, I think, so what was that? Royal Rumble 2019, I I don't know. I, I remember seeing a lot of things that were really amazing. I mean, I've, I've heard people say since then, like, you can't fake gravity. And you don't have to be watching any particular match to see somebody fall, even just, like, from the ropes to outside the ring. That's a big fall. And to see somebody that's take that yeah. and then just get up and keep going right afterwards, I'm like, wow, these guys are nuts. And I, I really appreciated um, the risk they took, the athleticism they had. Um and then to, to throw humor inside of like this death defying stuff, um, I, you know, I started to come up with an appreciation for it um, from that perspective. And I think it took like four months of watching wrestling like frequently and just appreciating the athleticism um, before I really just started to like, it didn't bother me to see a chop. I was like, wait a second, this guy is exposing the whole front of his body and you choose to slap his chest like what kind of contest is this i don't understand um but after a while i stopped having those thoughts and i just started enjoying wrestling for wrestling uh but it did take some time and to be honest i before AEW got started i started watching raw um like the whole three hours of it and i, I mean i lasted for a few weeks but i i couldn't take it after a while it was like Maybe if somebody had shown me, like, you know, here's the the two best matches for you to watch, right? Two best matches and two most interesting promos. I would have been psyched to watch that every week. But Raw has a way of, like, at least for me, eroding my enjoyment of wrestling. Do you th- Was it just the fact that Raw is too long? Was that the issue? It's just, you know, three hours of anything is too much? Or was it the format? Was it the fact that, you know, as some people say, there was a lack of stars? what was the real sort of catalyst to make you go i can't do this every week yeah uh i mean three hours is a long time it's too Um, long yeah that's certainly a part of it um and and, you know i didn't even know this at the time like i said i was impressed with the athleticism and and all of those things and i was having a hard time working through like okay these guys are in really good shape just to maintain that shape is a lot of work so they're doing that work they can slammed on the ground and on the mat you know dozens of times a week I didn't even understand that house shows were a thing yet. I thought these guys were wrestling at most two times a week, and I was impressed. And then I found out the rest of it. And, I mean, I don't understand how they do it. I, I still don't. But I think with with Raw, as opposed to AEW, you, you can see the difference, like a clear difference between a pay-per-view and a weekly show, just in, in how hard people go. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that difference in... Um, explosiveness difference in energy I think it comes off so between the three-hour format and the matches I mean certainly there are some wrestlers that I've never seen a match that didn't have me glued to the screen Um, I can say that for Daniel Bryan you know no matter what day of the week it is Um, but yeah three hours of kind of lower intensity is I don't know I start looking at my phone and then I'm wondering what I'm doing in front of the TV no, that makes sense. So I guess, so you, you come to the decision where you think I'm not going to watch Raw anymore. And then do you learn about AEW? Do you find out about AEW? I mean, how does that transition happen? 
Sure. Um, well, the, the friends that introduced me to wrestling, we ended up moving in with them um, about a year ago. Um, and they were fans of wrestling. They're, they're big fans of anything weird in wrestling. Uh, so they're huge fans of Matt Hardy. They're huge fans of The Undertaker. Anything paranormal or strange, they love. Um, <laughs> but, they, you know, I think a lot of things that are quintessentially WWE, um, Vince McMahon-isms, uh, they really didn't like. So they were looking for anything else, right? Uh, so when AEW came around, uh, I think the first AEW pay-per-view I saw was the the last one before the show started. Um, and I was more interested in that than than anything I'd seen. And like I said, I was, I was kind of already getting tired of some WWE things. And to have that alternative, I mean, I, I bought 100% into that. What, do you, what, what was it? I mean, I, I, I totally know what you mean about WWE-isms. I don't think we know, everyone listening knows what you're referring to because it's almost stereotypical. But yeah, what was it that AEW, though, was different? Was it because the fans, I mean, they just are. They're louder than WWE fans because they're a different kind of fan. I mean, was it the stories? Was it the focus on young guys? Was it just the show length that you knew, hey, I don't, I don't have to sacrifice 100 hours of my week, uh, a week everything for this? Like, what was the... Because I'm just fascinated because when I came to AEW, I was always going to watch it. They didn't need to win me over. You know, I'm a hardcore wrestling fan. If you put brand new wrestling on my television, I'll watch it. Plus, I'm very fortunate that it ties into my job. You know, I, I have a lot of reasons to give my time to it and justify my time to it. But you're utterly different. Like, you'd experienced WWE. You had uh, understood sort of the magic of pro wrestling. But then again, yes, the way that WWE approaches it wore you out very quickly. And you're not alone in that. I've heard that story a lot. So yeah, you switch over to a brand new product, which easily could have worn you out too. And yet here we are a year down the line and you're still watching it. And I would love to know what it was that did that. Sure. Um, I, I, have you ever, well, have you watched The American Office? I mean, I'm sure this is true for both offices. Um, I've, I've watched both. Yeah, I've seen both series. Uh, great comedy. Uh you know, they, they enjoy making the audience cringe, just making you feel uncomfortable socially. Um, at least I experienced that. And when I watch The Office, I'll leave the room for like two minutes at a time and I'll come back in. I'm like, oh, thank goodness that that situation is over. Um, WWE makes me do that fairly frequently. Um, <laughs> That's great. Like That's the, great. The Lashley storylines and uh, I, I don't know, but Lana Lashley, I guess is, I should specify. But um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff where it's just like, I don't even want to be sitting in front of the TV for this. I'm going to I'm going to mute it and look at my phone and, and I'll look up when the next match comes on. Um, and I think, you know, I this could be selective memory. But to my knowledge, um, AEW has only made me like cringe hard uh, like once. And it was uh Matt Hardy's debut, um, him and Jericho had this conversation that lasted, I don't know, man, like four minutes too long. Um, I think Matt Hardy has stopped chomping his teeth or Damascus has stopped chomping his teeth, which has done wonders for me. I think that one mannerism was just too much for me. Um, I can, I, I can understand that. But that's, I, I think that's part of what it is, is I've been able to enjoy wrestling without feeling like I had to leave the room for the in-between wrestling parts. So that's been nice for me. Um, and outside of that, you know, I, I kind of mentioned the things that I appreciate about wrestling aren't really the things you saw a whole lot of in 
earlier decades of wrestling. Um, I know some people complain about, you know, nothing but these high spots, but I mean, that's the stuff that impresses me because, you know, when I see somebody throw, you know, granted like a well, really hard forearm strike to a part of the body that generally just doesn't hurt as much as those parts of the bodies you'd target if you were in a fight, I, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. Um, so, you know, if you, if you're going to see like forearm, 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 elbow, fake punch, it's just like, okay, all right, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the next thing. Cause this isn't my thing. And I've gotten better at waiting, but, um, I, th- I think getting outside of that WWE style has just allowed me to enjoy it. And I know it's not everybody's thing, um, but it's mine. So I, that's, I enjoy the wrestling more. I, I don't feel like I need to leave the room for the other stuff. It's, I, I mean, it's the show that feels tailor made for me. I think that's fascinating, man. That's a really, really interesting take as well, because again, you're getting on at, at point one and it's it kind of because there's this argument that uh and i don't agree with this argument and you're always going to get this argument in 2020 because it's the world we live in and you're always going to get the contrary opinion but people would be like oh it's um it's a wwe light and so on and so forth but you are proving a hundred percent that it's not because it has it's hooked you in the way that it's meant to it's supposed to be an alternative it's meant to be a different product uh, uh, product the cringiness is something they've talked about as well, trying to, you know, respect and be more more upfront with fans. But you did touch on something that we do need to talk of because, you know, as a wrestling fan that's less than two years in, there are a bunch of characters in AEW that require a little bit of knowledge. And again, another criticism is maybe that they're not giving people like your good self that mm-hmm. kind of knowledge. So aside from grinding teeth, what do you make of Broken Matt Hardy? But more importantly, what do you make of the likes of Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts and Tully Blanchard? Because they don't need to win themselves over again for me because I know who they are. I've, I've, I've nerded myself on that time and time again. But, you know, when you see Lance Archer come in, a guy that is, you know, big and dominating and scary, and then, you know, I'm talking about here in, in context and on the face of it, you just see an old man <laughs> with him. What, you know, what do you make of that? Or do you have enough sort of peripheral understanding to go, well, I understand that's Jake the Snake Roberts and I understand that he was a, he's a veteran and, and X, Y, and Z. Sure. Um, I mean, I've been listening to a lot of a lot of podcasts, so I have some idea about the peripheral. But I mean, honestly, I don't think you have to know who Jake Roberts is uh, to just be kind of blown away by his promos. There's there's some sort of inherent magnetism. Sometimes I don't even really know what he's saying or the point he's getting to. uh, But he seems murderous, right? Like I was like, he wants he (laughs) wants terror and he's getting it. So that's a good promo. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> so sure. true. For sure, Jake the Snake. I, you know, I think I think Arn Anderson and is it Tully Blanchett? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, it, I haven't seen a whole lot of promos from them. I know Tully had one recently that that was very good. Um, and I don't know if you don't know who they are and it doesn't have like a huge intrinsic meaning to you because you weren't watching them however many years ago. Um, you still get something, you know, the idea that they're a mentor. Um, but I don't know. It it certainly doesn't harm my experience of it. Mm, no, I just am fascinated by it because you're going to have such a unique perspective, which is I'm doubly happy you've come on now because we've never had to have this chat before. Who are the stars that stand out for you? Because 
on paper, you would argue it'd be a Sammy Guevara, it would be a, a Darby Allen, a Cody, but that's not always how it works. I've always said this, you know, talking about Matt Hardy, for example, when he first came into WWE and him and Jeff started to make a real splash, Jeff was the guy that a lot of people gravitated towards, and I totally understand why, but I like Matt Hardy more, and, that, and I could never explain that to anybody. My mates would go, but why? I was like, I don't know. It's I'm not deciding this. My brain has decided this. So while it's always interesting to kind of assume who people would like, uh, you said you're a 31-year-old guy, uh, which kind of puts you, you know, I, I imagine, and look, your answer may be Darby Allen, but I think Darby Allen is, I think the demographic that AEW hope he's going after is that young 20-year-old. But yeah, who, who, are the, who are you tuning in for, I guess is my point. I know you like the product, but who are the people that you think these are the, you know, these are the guys that are going to take AEW forward over the next months and probably even years? Sure. Um, Lucha Brothers, best friends, um, you know, I'd, Huge fan of Pentagon, huge fan of uh, Phoenix. I just that man defies gravity on just <laughs> he's insane every yeah. other second. It's like he has access to four trampolines that no one else gets to use. Um, <laughs> it's insane. Uh, yeah, so the, those two groups. I think best friends have been on a lot. Um, Orange Cassidy makes me laugh. I I think it's great. Um, I've, I've watched a whole. So bunch you like of, it? I was going to ask you about that. You, you, you don't because so many people think he's ridiculous. I don't, for the record. Oh, I think he's ridiculous. I just love it. Um, oh yeah, I, in a good way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and and you know that's, I I think they've been treating him very well in AEW. Um, you know it, it's it's an it's a preposterous idea, right? But you know he puts his hands in his pockets and then you know. <laughs> Pac lays him out, right? Like, it's not like he puts his hands in his pockets and, and everything always goes sunny for him. I mean, some people have just beat the snot out of him, um, which is, I think is how it would go. And then he gets serious and you get a little bit of, uh, you get some Lucha stuff going on. But uh, I, I like how they treat it. And I, I really enjoy those aspects of that, that character. Mm, I, I'm intrigued by the people that you, that you mentioned there. Because especially people like the best friends because the best friends to me are such a they, they almost uh excuse my term but they almost buck the trend when it comes to what certain wrestling fans believe a wrestler should be because their characters are nonsense you know that's why i love them so much they do not take themselves seriously at all i mean their name is the best friends and they hug each other you know they they get sure. their gimmick across quite well but when they wrestle they're super serious and what I never understood is that you had these, you know, these same people would say that they are big fans of Kurt Angle, who to me was the epitome of all of that. Kurt Angle was the greatest in-ring wrestler ever, but would absolutely take the mick out of himself and it worked. And you've got a tag team doing the same and people are like, oh, they're not taking wrestling seriously. And I just disagree with it. And I think it goes to show the fact that you, you mentioned them. What did you make of the stadium stampede? Because that's another contentious issue. And we've talked about it on this podcast. And again, guys like me and the person that, that, that we had on, uh, or that we usually have on, will always, most of the time, like that stuff, I think. And also, I want to, as well as the stadium stampede, what on earth do you think about Chris Jericho? Because the reason everybody was so excited that Chris Jericho was going to AEW is that they had 20 years worth of experience built up. So it's like, oh my gosh, what a huge jump. What a coup. They've got Chris Jericho. He's going to be a big star, as he has been. Again, so yeah, Stadium Stampede, obviously utter nonsense. Uh, Chris Jericho. No, I, I loved it. I don't think they sold Stadium Stampede as anything other than utter nonsense. Uh, mm, and it was, it was hilarious. I, I loved the whole thing. Um, 
you know, I, I didn't go into it expecting what I expected out of Kenny and Pac's Iron Man match, right? If that if that had been the expectation, <laughs> if that had been the expectation, I would have hated it. But no, the expectation was things are going to get goofy and pretty like over the top, and that's what happened, and I loved it. Um, yeah. I think you know, like I said, I I enjoy the athleticism of wrestling, and I enjoy the fact that you know they're taking some serious bumps and still willing to throw comedy in there, um, <laughs> and I appreciate it. Um. But yeah, that's that's how I felt about that. Chris Jericho, for me, um, I think I said the first pay-per-view I saw was uh, their their last one before the show started, which I think was All Out. Is that right? Uh, I think so, yes. Yes, it was, yeah. Um, I think, maybe. The maybe main not, event <laughs> for me for that pay-per-view was the ladder match between Lucha Bros and... Uh, oh my gosh, yeah, that was amazing. Uh, the Names escaping me. Young Bucks. Um, it was insane. And I was... From, from the promos and from all the stuff leading up to it, I was so excited for that. But nothing I had seen about Chris Jericho or Hangman Page at that point, and, and I was still pretty new to it, had had me excited for the match. I went to sleep before that match started. I, I stayed up, and I saw the ladder match, and I was like, that was amazing. Nothing's going to top that. I'm going to go to bed. Uh, and I the next morning, I didn't watch the Jericho match because I, I was not invested at all. Uh, you you nailed wow, that one. Man. At least for me, he was you know, he was a wrestler. A lot of people were really excited about because they had all of this you know history with him. Uh, but I, you know, I nothing. Um, since I've become a huge fan of Jericho because uh, I've seen him on Dynamite and I've seen him in his non wrestling roles, which are amazing. Uh, you know, I, I was the. Uh, they basically did a Looney Tunes skit, like the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, several times at this point, but him and MJF had a, a hilarious like Looney Tunes exchange there, um, like duck season, rabbit season, basically. And I was I was cracking up at that. Um, but yeah, Jericho's won me over big time. I'm excited to see him at this point. But I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. Like that star power didn't do anything for me when I was first getting into AEW. But I think that's awesome because it goes to show why Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho. Because it doesn't matter that he's only got over with you in 2020. The point was that he got over with you in 2020. Do you know, like, it, age, or he almost defies age and he defies eras. He knows what he's doing I mean, in terms of how to appeal to an audience. He could, he could retire and just be on commentary. And I... I, I'm not saying that I, I would never miss his in-ring work or that I think he should stop. I'm just saying if he did that, he would still be amazing and I'd still think the world of him and he would still be drawing fans to AEW uh, for, for as long as he chose to do that. Uh, him on commentary mm. has been such a joy. Yeah, he's back next week as well. I saw the announcement earlier. So they clearly, they clearly, they, I mean, he's great and he's hilarious. He's just so stupid. He's the stupidest idiot in the world. But he makes, uh, he makes me chuckle. Uh, what... Have you made of? Um, I don't want to say the, the new guys coming in because that seems that seems. Is there? Let me rephrase it. I don't want to be negative, but I think you'll have an interesting perspective. Is there anything at the moment that AEW is doing that you don't like? For example, you know, I certainly on my own Twitter feed had a lot of backlash about the, the uh, Sean Spears and Dustin Rhodes match. I didn't mind it, but I understood. Uh, there are a lot of people that seem to have a problem with their women's division, which I think was fair a few months ago. Now I disagree with it vehemently. But yeah, is there anything for you that you don't think is clicking right now? Because again, I think you'll come at it from an angle that I'm not even thinking of. Um, I mean, uh, on the women's division thing, I think 
you know, I agree. I I remember watching the earlier matches in the women's division, and I you know I would watch stuff and it was just like things aren't quite synced up yet. I don't know if like the wrestlers just aren't you know used to being on camera if people are so nervous. Um, I remember watching Nyla Rose and I'm like, oh my god, she's afraid to hurt people, right? Because I would see her pick somebody up for a power bomb and it she would like make the move like she was going to throw him down and then try and like catch him at the end. That's what it looked like. You know, it was just it, things weren't smooth and, and things were slow when they should be quick. And it was on a lot of people. And that's what it looked like to me. And I was, it kind of took away from the matches a little bit, but I cannot say that now these matches have been great. Um, if, if there was some sort of like acclimation period, it's over. Um, I hope they continue to build more personalities on the women's roster because I mean at this point I think they've they've really gotten Burt Baker across and I, I get her oh, character man. and I <laughs> I crack up when I see it it's great uh, Nyla's personality it comes across great um, you know she's destroying people and laughing about it I, there's I, I like the people they have for sure but I mean it's it's few right um, people who they've you know, really gone ahead and put the time in developing their character and, and making sure we know who they are. I'd, I'd yeah. like to see a bigger cast. I think that will come in time as well. Or I'd, mm-hmm. at least I, 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 I think that's the idea. Well, that's what I was going to ask you as well. I'll do this. Now I want to talk about the most recent episode of Dynamite, but I find this fascinating. So do you think they've introduced too many new characters recently? Because obviously in a very short period, Lance Archer came in and then there was um, Brody Lee, Matt Hardy, obviously, and then Brian Cage. You know, do you feel like it's overkill? Especially because you're still trying to catch up with everybody else. You know, I don't know. I actually felt like they were light on like a, a number of characters earlier um, in, in part because so many people are in factions and you can kind of view, you know, Trent and Chuck Taylor as, as one person, not because they are, but because we always see them together. Right. There's so many people yeah, in, no, in teams and three person factions and, and not a whole lot of singles people that we see all the time. So I, I really haven't mind seeing the new additions. I wish they would do less squash matches with them. I mean, I, I don't know that I needed two squash matches from, cage but uh no i mean the the number of new people hasn't hasn't bothered me interesting yeah i i don't, I, I don't mind it either because i still think they're setting the table as wrestling always likes to say and to set your table you need to get everybody through the door you need to know who's coming to the party let's talk about the most recent episode of dynamite let's kind of double down on that we'll start with Britt baker because she's come up naturally i just think she i honestly i need to sit down and really go through this but I think she may be the best character of 2020. And a large portion of that is, of course, I didn't expect her to be in that category. So it's a surprise. And when something is a surprise, you always like it a little bit more because you're like, wow, well, that's the the last thing I expected to happen. But it's just, I mean, it's, it's rolling with the punches for me, which is what wrestling is all about. How do you adapt to change? And, you know, how do you um, manipulate a situation? And for her to get injured and everyone be like, oh man, this ruins all our plans. To now, a couple of weeks later, her being in a weird car on wheels on wheels. I just find it so entertaining. And you've said that word a couple of times. And to me in wrestling, you know, I don't think it has to take itself seriously. If it doesn't want to, I don't always need that. I just need to laugh. That's kind of that. And and it can be two different ways of laughing. It can be a laughing of like, that's funny. But it can also be a laugh like, my word, that's the craziest match I've ever seen. I've ever seen in my life. And I just think... 
I think Britt Baker is, I think she just smashed it. And I think she has taken on this character so well in such a short amount of time. I, I thought it would actually take a bit longer to, to, to establish. I now look forward to every single week. And that's another reason why I love the, um, uh, the women's division right now. You've got your monster in Nyla Rose. You've got your technician in Sheeta. And you've got your sort of moron in Britt Baker. And then Big Swole to me is like a quintessential baby face. You know, I think she's really easy. Uh, she, she's really easy to like. And yeah, Britt Baker to me right now is an absolute highlight of the entire show. Um, Yeah, no, I've, I've certainly enjoyed her. I think uh, from the her training segment, I know you mentioned the uh, the battle ropes was one of the That's moments the that really got you. For me, it was uh, I don't know, like sort of the sled that she was doing. They had a, <laughs> they had that band and a five pound weight on the end of it, and she was like rolling along, dragging it, and that had me cracking up. I know it was the first scene. I wish they'd put it in the middle. I thought it was hilarious. Um, yeah, no, she's been great. Um, like I said, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and I know, I know, initially she kind of struggled with it. it. It cracks me up because she she really was so proud of having gone through wrestling training and, you know, her, her grad school to be a dentist at the same time and to have come out of it and to be able to do both things that she loved at the same time. Uh, it sounds like she was really hurt that people got so tired of hearing that she was a dentist, but I'm glad they rolled with it because it's, it's been great. Yeah, it's different. That's what wrestling's all about. Like, it's how do you establish someone? How do you make them stand out? Oh, she's a you know she's a wrestling dentist. I'll remember that. You know, it's like a telltale game. I'm not going to forget it. Uh, you mentioned podcast, Matt. Is that how you kind of double down on on what's going on? Is that sort of how you you sort of caught up? Which ones do you listen to? I guess. Um. Yeah. So I, I listened to the official AEW podcast. I listened to Jericho's podcast. Um. I listened to Colt Cabana off and on. I. I mean, he was. I mean, I think he'd gone Patreon only for his podcast for a while, but he's, you know, ever since the pandemic, he's had like a daily thing. I've been listening to that. Um, I, I mean, I listen to the What Culture podcasts, um, pretty much like most of them. Um, I, I mean, I have a. It's weird because right now, you know, I, it's it's a new job for me, and they're they're training me, but it, it's at home, so people kind of forget about me sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, lots of times I'll be sitting there at the computer and maybe only like 20% of my brain power needs to be towards work. So podcasts just kind of play. Mm, especially wrestling podcasts, man. There's there's an infinite number of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, there, there is so many. I was just intrigued because, um, yeah, I didn't know whether you were listening because obviously stuff like, you know, Talk is Jericho is very much you're not tuning into that to get a recap of wrestling shows. You know, you're just getting right. that for interviews or, or Chris Jericho's, um, Chris Jericho's perspective. Um, what did you think of what they've done with the TNT championship so far? Because I am absolutely enamored with it. I'm not even ashamed to say, I think they have treated that belt. Like if you don't think it's important, you've lost your mind. Uh, I would, so I would refreshing really like to, to see me. that belt get the rest of its treatment, get some gold filigree, even just well, more I mean, silver or something. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. It does need all of that, but I'm sure we'll get it in due course. But purely from a um, what they're doing with it angle, like I say, I have been, I still love WWE, but I've certainly been worn out when it comes to the way 
they treat their secondary titles. I just, it's not what it used to be. And I used to love looking forward to the Intercontinental Championship. I don't think the US title's ever been good in WWE. Uh, maybe when John Cena was doing the Open Challenge, it's more of a WCW, NWA. But however, I used to watch that stuff. So I still get an idea from it, from it there. And to sort of introduce this TNT Championship that they're going to defend on television every single week when Cody wins after what I thought was an absolutely brilliant match with Jungle Boy. I had a great time watching that. But to set off fireworks and pyrotechnics and make it feel like, you know, not only is this, we are deeming this a big deal and we're going to go as over the top as we have to to establish it. But we're also going to tell you who he's taking on next week and you find out it's Mark Quinn. That's exciting because whoever thought we'd see Mo, you know, Cody versus Mike Quinn. And yeah, sure, you can argue, well, it just means that Cody's going to win. Well, I thought Jungle Boy got so much out of that. You know, maybe it's kind of sucky that he's now lost two in a, two in a row, but he's young. I think he can take it and I think he has a loyal fan base. But I just think, honestly, right now to me, Obviously, the, the the world championship is more important, but within I mean, ever since the tournament started, really, I just think they're booking that belt so well. I think it feels like a big deal, and that's what I need. I just need it to feel like a big deal. Sure, yeah, no, I I have to say they're winning me over on it. I I came into it. I never understood why WWE had so many singles belts. I <laughs> I don't understand. They're they're not different weight classes. There's there's not even one per show. It's more confusing than that. You know, if if I don't understand how you can you know, hold the the world title belt and then not simultaneously hold the other belts. Why shouldn't you? You're oh, the best. Dude, I, it doesn't, no, no, it doesn't make sense to me. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> but I, you know, they've taken that step and uh, I'm getting over it. It's fine. Um, yeah, as long as they continue to treat both the belts like they're important, uh, I guess I'm for it. I, I didn't expect to be, but uh, yeah, it's been great. I think I think you're right. I think the the tournament made it feel big from the beginning. The people they chose to put in that tournament ensured that every match was going to be, you know, pay-per-view quality, something to remember, and it, it they were. And then the the Jungle Boy match, as far as his two losses in a row, I mean, everybody's talking about how great Sammy Guevara is. I, and yeah, point. when was the last time you saw him win? I as long as we're <laughs> Never, seeing losses where. I can tell that they're a great wrestler and, and, you know, I'm seeing things that they do in ways only they could, then I'm not sure how important the loss or the win is. Um, wins and losses matter, but I, you know, I, I've enjoyed it. No. I, Jungle Boy hasn't gone down in my book at all. Oh, no, no, me neither. Me neither. I just, I, I always like to, uh, to throw it out there because I know what kind of messages that I'm going to get. I, I, I they think the, the reason I like the fact they've got a secondary title is because, I find it's a uh, it's a good mechanic to have because obviously the whole idea of a television title, which is essentially what it is, back in the day was you didn't want to defend your world championship on every single show. You wanted to keep that special, but you wanted to draw in a you know a, a good crowd or you wanted to get a good TV rating. So you're like, oh, we can have a championship that's literally called the TV title that we only defend on television. Obviously, we're kind of in a different world and 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 we've moved on and we've evolved, but I still think it has a place for that reason. Like I now. I'm already invested in next week's episode of Dynamite because I know I get a championship match and that makes me happy, especially when it's not treated just like a throwaway. It's like, no, it's our main event. Again, pyrotechnics over the top stuff. So I think it's a good tool in that sense, but you obviously have to treat it. I don't even mind if we get to a point, like I think New Japan does it great. You can have the IC belt in New Japan defended in the main event and nobody blinks an eye because they believe in it and they think that it's a, a worthy championship. I'll never agree with two world champions, 
I mean, you've hit the nail on the head. I say this to people all the time and they don't believe me. When someone first sits down to watch WWE, one of the first questions I always get is, well, why is there two world champions? And you're like, I don't know, <laughs> because they're just, they're just is. I don't, I don't write this. It doesn't make any sense. So having the different tiers, but also allowing them to sort of, uh, you know, reach out of their own shell. I think, I think it's, I, I, I like it a lot. And I think so far, uh, so far, so good. Um, what do you think about the Young Bucks? They weren't on the show, obviously, but they're a, they're a, they're a pivotal point of the uh, you know the formation of AEW. Looks like they're going to be going into some kind of a feud with the form of the revival now. FTR. I mean, just the tag team scene in general. Like, I really, I never would have said that Hangman Page and Kenny Omega as tag team champions would have worked for me as much as it has. But yeah, again, I think they're awesome. Yeah, I I don't want this to to come off to come off bad because I, I think it, if anything, it's an expression of of how much I'm blown away by the AEW tag team division. Uh, the Young Bucks are possibly my least favorite tag team, um, which isn't to say I don't like them, but I, I get a lot more excited for, for the other teams. Um, and it's watching them, I can kind of see how uh, or why a lot of people have said that they've kind of shaped modern tag team wrestling, or at least the wrestling that's in AEW. Um, mm. I don't know. I, no, do you think do you think it's because they have deliberately gone out of their way to not book themselves like stars i mean they, they, you could nobody can argue that to me i think they've gone look we're executives in the company we don't want to be accused of being power crazy mad people which i appreciate or is it just that thing that we talked about earlier they just don't captivate you in the same way that others do yeah i mean i think it's kind of that um i, th- I think you could say that there are I mean, we haven't seen much of Lucha Brothers either, um, you know, in, in part no, because now, yeah. Pentagon's out of the country. But, uh, and I mean, even then, they haven't won a title, right? They haven't been in a, you know, other than the all out. I, I haven't been seeing them a whole lot. I, I'm still, you know, much more excited to, to see a Lucha Brothers match than a Young Bucks match. And that's something that I, I don't think I could really put a finger on, on why that is. Um, uh, being the elite 200 was amazing. Loved that young bucks match. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, no, no, dude, that's an intangible of pro wrestling, man. That's why I love it. Sometimes you can have all this hype in the world and you sit down you're like, I don't get it. (laughs) I don't get it at all. It's why I like wrestling. It's a real visceral thing. And I think people uh, forget about that. What do you think about I call them the revival, just because then people know who I'm talking about, and then in a few weeks we'll obviously stop doing that. Uh, how have you felt about them coming into AEW? Because I thought last, I didn't think their debut was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. It was fine; it did what it had to do. But I thought this week, kind of establishing their characters and moving on, yeah, I was like, okay, again, nothing over the top. I guess it kind of summed them up as a tag team, just sort of good old fashioned uh, wrestling. Um, I kind of cracked up at follow the rules as a uh, <laughs> possible reading quite of that clever. acronym. Um, yeah, it's quite clever. Which, you know, it's it's a joke and it's a criticism I hear a lot. I wouldn't mind a little more attention to the tag-ins before everybody yeah. starts losing it. I think it, the, I agree. the match would be a little easier to follow. Um, and I think, I think they gave themselves space to have great tag matches by increasing the amount of time you get after you tag right that allows for some really crazy tag team moves um 
And I wish they would have used the space they gave themselves with that rule instead of just ignoring all rules. Um, that's not really a comment on FTR. I, I'm excited for him. I've seen some of their matches when they were still on NXT. Um, just people saying like, hey, you've got to watch this. I'm excited for him. I, I think they're going to do good things. I, I'm kind of excited for the same reason I'm excited for a Cody match. Um, I feel like Cody doesn't necessarily wrestle with a style that's like why I got into wrestling. Uh, he kind of wrestles, I would say, like a higher speed, higher intensity, standard kind of WWE style. Um, he does it very intensely. He does it very well. And he works with people who are high flyers and people who do ridiculous stuff. And, and he works that so well into what he does. And I think FTR can do that as well. And hmm. it's always nice to see a clash of styles in a match. It it you know highlights the contrast between the wrestlers and, and what's going on. Um, so I'm excited to see people who are, you know, willing to call out high flyers as spot monkeys and then actually show the <laughs> difference between what they're doing. Um, not that I don't like high flying. I love it. Um, but again, when you can see a contrast, if you hate that other word juxtaposition uh then that's great <laughs> no you're right that's what wrestling should should be about and you know, you're not wrong when it comes to the rules i think that's a criticism that we can all we can all bring up when it comes to uh to aew like it happened this week on dynamite right you had hangman page i always call i call it the buzzer you have hangman page and uh mega and the uh kip sabian and jimmy havoc and then for no reason at the end of the match they all just get in the ring and go wild i love it because you know the the pace quickens and I, I, I could just accept it for what it is. But yeah, when I flick my wrestling nerd switch, I'm like, this is stupid. Why all of a sudden have you decided now is the time you're allowed to break the rules? Well, it's, Although it does make me chuckle. It's interesting to me because like, you know, I, I've started watching it and just like kind of throwing the rules out the window in my head as I'm watching it just to enjoy the match. Mm. And I enjoy the match a lot once I do that. But then all of a sudden I'm reminded because I ask myself, wait, who's legal, right? There's some point in time <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Where, where three people are outside of the ring and you have no idea who's legal because they haven't, you know, been paying regard to the rules at all. And then it makes it hard for me to follow the story because I'm like, ah, is he pulling him in because he wants to beat him up or because he wants to get the pin? I just don't know. Uh, sometimes I think the announcers don't know who's legal. Oh, they don't. They don't. They don't. That's something that I think... Look, they obviously aren't massively fussed about it, but I think it's probably something that they should work on. I just do. I it's just it's just it's just the way that I that I see it. Um, but it's not bad either because I think that matches are. I do. I think the matches that, are, that they're so good. Like I think Kenny Omega especially. I, I thought this yesterday, and I know people are bored of, of fanboying over Kenny Omega, and I actually wouldn't call myself a fanboy. But when he gets in, the the way that he quickens the pace, the way that he moves, the speed. he just captivates me like he really really does as soon as he goes i'm like i'm into this i i just am that's how i feel about kenny omega i guess you haven't seen any of his new japan stuff i'm gonna assume no i haven't um yes that's interesting but it uh, the stuff that i've seen from him in AEW, i've i've avoided talking about him because i'm a fanboy for for what he does in the ring um and haven't since the first time i saw it um it's it's really funny to me because uh I you know I think YouTube knows that you know things that are really hated and really liked should show up in people's feeds. So Jim Cornette shows up in my feed, and every now and then I'll watch it. <laughs> and uh, you can't help it, right? You can't help it sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah. Watch this guy. But like he refers to <laughs> Kenny Omega great. as like Twinkle Toes or Ballerina Man or, or whatever it is, and I 
I hear that, and I'm like, why are you saying that with distaste? It's so smooth. What he does in the ring is so smooth, and there's, I, I mean, I don't know why there shouldn't be grace to what's going on in pro wrestling, right? If if I'm watching, you know, a martial arts movie, right? Like, say I'm watching, you know, Jackie Chan or 36 Chambers of Shaolin. I love to see grace in that, right? That's that's part of what's amazing. And why wouldn't I want that from a pro wrestler? Um, a little, a little beyond me, but uh, yeah. I'd... I think he just has a very specific take on what wrestling should be, right? He just he, he sees it very black and white, which is fine. Well, My, I don't a, mind it. He has a very specific knowledge of what's going to get views as well. Yes, uh, yes. I don't actually mind it. I, I think sometimes he talks a lot of sense. What I don't like is when he's rude. And, and insulting that's when i'm turned off i'm like i don't need this in my life at all i think it's completely unnecessary i honestly anyway. i think he talks sense because he knows wrestling pretty well um and he knows what works and then he's rude because he knows that that then people will listen to it <laughs> yeah but you're 100 right it's 100 what he does he probably doesn't even hate the people as much as he says but uh I, to me kenny omega is somebody like if someone says miller show me a wrestling match and get me interested nine times out of ten that i know if i put kenny omega on they'll love it you know, they'll love it because there's just something about, again, there's something about him. There just is. And especially when you hear him in interviews, very articulate, very down to earth guy. I think that speaks. Um, you still need the over the top characters. But I think a lot of people, again, that's how the Young Bucks got over, just by being dudes on the internet. And everyone's like, oh, wow, I can be a dude on the internet too. And everybody loved that. So, you know, I think it's, um, it, it, there's certainly a worth in uh, uh, worth in doing that. I'd like to get your opinion on John Moxley as AEW champion, because again, it's one of these situations where I, he's Dean Ambrose to me, and he always will be, because it was just beaten into my brain for so long. Uh -huh. um, I saw a few people saying they think his run isn't as good as they were expecting. I don't think that's his fault, because I think it uh, clashes with the pandemic and I do think that makes a difference but dude I'd love your opinion man because again you've been introduced to him as John Moxley who is a far better character than Dean Ambrose just for the record where do you stand uh I, I loved his run to getting the title I can understand why people are saying it's not quite what they you know as much as they're expecting I think it's the closest that we'll ever have to uh Snake Plissken in in a wrestling ring um <laughs> it's great you've won you've won this podcast right there done oh Easy. man no, I, I loved it. When they gave him the eye patch, I was like, oh, they're just going for it. They're just going for it. Um, I, No, I, I love it. I think it's great. Um, I thought his response to uh, Brody was, was great. Is it, sounds all right. Uh, leader of the Dark Order. Um, yeah, yeah, when yeah. he came in and like had all his goons beat him up and then... You know, he was like, dude, all you had to do is ask, right? Like, that was great. The delivery was great. Um, Napalm Death was great. Uh, so many things are, are great about him. Um, I think he was off screen long enough that we kind of like forgot. Um, I think the the match he had, the empty arena match. Yeah, I wasn't into that so much. That yeah, wasn't really left, my cup of tea. It left something to be wanted. I don't, I don't you know, I, I'm not sure. I think it might have just been missing fans. I, if you're going to have that that brawling match, then maybe we really needed noise. I don't know. Um, I really like him. I think the recently, actually, I think on the last show, no, not yesterday, but two weeks ago, they had a stare down between him and Cage, and I was just like, that went too long. You know, I just... I don't get anything out of the two wrestlers staring each other down from 20 yards away for 10 plus seconds. That was goofy. Um, 
But for the most part, I you know, I, I love Moxley. Dude, uh, I'm trying to think of a phrase. I, I don't like doing leading questions. What did you think of his match with Kenny Omega from last year? Oh, man. The proper hardcore one. Because I was torn on that one. And I liked it on one end. But then on the other end, I remember watching it like, I can't, I can't handle this. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just it maybe too, I, I think I may have found my limit. And that's me who's watched, uh, you know, I've watched death matches in Japan that make me want to cry. It was, it was it good for you? Like, did it tick your wrestling box? I, yes, it did. I didn't think it was the most brutal thing I'd seen from AEW to that point. I think some of the lights out matches on dark leading to that, um, those made me more scared for the wrestlers than that match did. Um, and I heard a lot of people, I don't, sometimes I really enjoy the match and I just enjoy the story and I'm not overanalyzing anything. And other times I think, I think times when I need to decide whether or not I need to be concerned for the wrestlers, I do start thinking about it. And, and that was a time where it was like, okay, so we got blood early on from that barbed wire. And since then you've done some stuff that I think was gimmicked and that's great. Cause I, they still got the reaction out of me. And then I it took a second and I was like, oh, I think they're okay. Um, hmm. so I don't know. I made it through that one. I think the, the one that was so violent, it made me like, you know, wonder whether or not I should be watching it was, uh, Kenny Omega and, uh, Joey Janela. Um, as a, oh, a yeah, lights out match too, yeah. That because you know there wasn't there wasn't I don't remember tax or broken glass or anything like that. They were just suplexing each other's necks into standing ladders, and it, I was just watching it, waiting for someone to crumble. I well, that one was that one was bad. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I enjoy those matches. Maybe I should. Uh, no, no, I, I no, dude, do. you should. No, you should. You should do. I, I, I've said this a thousand times and I will say it again. There is no right or wrong in wrestling as long as the two people involved are happy to do it. You know, they are there to entertain. And if you're entertained, you win. I, I hate it when people say yeah, that's wrong. No, there's no wrong in wrestling as long as everyone's thumbs up. And, it, and, and as long as it's not offensive, obviously. That's different. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm with you to a point. Uh, you know, what Joey Janelle is famous for, right? That That huge fall, you know. The other guy did not end up as well as Joey Janela did. And if you watch that on repeat, I would argue maybe there's something wrong. Well, yeah, I, I think there probably is. But, you know, he's made it work for him. So sure. <laughs> uh, we talked about blood. I just need to know this because, again, I, I don't get to ask these questions much. What the hell did you think when you found out what wrestlers did to their heads when it came to bleeding? Uh, I don't know. I guess it kind of made a sense to me. Uh, on some yeah. level, um, I, you know, I, I don't want to give the wrong impression. I, I've dabbled in martial arts for a lot of my life. My parents met getting their black belt. Uh, and I mean, I, I've had bloody lips from, you know, punches and kicks that were harder than the other person intended them to be. And I don't know, I guess I'm kind of used to seeing blood in sport. You know, if you watch MMA, you're going to see it. Somebody's going to get a cut to their head and, and those things just bleed. So I, I think when I started watching and I and I saw blood, I was like, oh, man, that's that's too bad. Are they going to stop this if that gets in his eye? And then I found out, you know, that they were like, you know, blading and stuff. And I was like, well, <laughs> cutting their own heads open. <laughs> like, Sorry, sure. It still makes me laugh. It still makes me laugh. 
But that's the thing, though, right? Is if they know it's a superficial cut that's going to bleed a lot in a place people see and, and add something to the match. And like you were saying earlier, right? If it's if it's something both people have signed off on, and that in particular yeah. seems, I mean, relatively safe. It's not great for you, but um, I will say that I don't think uh, Cody's most recent match needed blood at all. Uh, I don't know if that was gimmicked or not, but that added nothing to the match for me. And I was, mm. you know, I, I if you're gonna do it, you need to have a good reason. I didn't think there was one there. No, that's fair. I, I think that's the way to look at it, right? That was kind of the whole thing with Ric Flair back in the day. Maybe he overdid it. He overdid it a little bit. Uh, right, dude, i got one more question for you because I just think your answer is going to be excellent. Again, you, you've opened up a brand new avenue for me that I don't usually get. I like both sides, of course. What's, your, what's the best match you've seen? What's your favorite match in the year and a half you've been watching wrestling? It's great. 18 months. I love it. Oh, man. That's... That's hard, and because I always feel like I need to go back and rewatch the matches I really liked in order to I, compare I'll them d- to each other. Dude, um, there's a man that reviews wrestling. The amount of times I go back and go, I've got it wrong <laughs> so many times. I'm I'm really tempted to say and just go with uh, Kenny's mat, Kenny's Iron Man match against Pac. Um, that had me on the edge of my seat. I didn't even realize the match was so long. It was nuts. Um, that you know to sustain that for so long. Uh, was amazing, and I, I thought that match was great. I I loved that match. I really, really did. Like I think an Iron Man match, obviously they went shorter than um, sort of traditional ones, but it's a hard thing to sell to an audience these days that does have a short attention span because they've been taught to have a short attention span. That's not a bad thing. It's just that's how we've evolved with YouTube, where you have ultimate control and Netflix and streaming and everything. You know, if you get bored, there'll be something else right around the corner but i thought pack especially to me is i wouldn't necessarily say he's underrated but i still think he's better than some people realize and maybe i'm biased because he's from my shores and i massively respect everything that he's done oh i, but, I think he's hands down one of the best wrestlers in aew it's I, he's amazing yeah, i i think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world i honestly do and again i am biased because he's so nice i've met him a couple of times he's like the nicest person in the world but for the things that he's able to do I, again, I think sometimes we are sport for choice in that sense. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not something we take it for granted because we're so used to it. And I was actually having this conversation with someone. I want to do a whole podcast on it, so I'll just touch on it here. But the way that kind of the wrestling industry has evolved is in the 80s and the 70s, every, you know, there were so many people that were amazing on promos. You could almost guarantee that 90% of the guys were going to cut killer promos every week. But then in the ring they weren't that good. I mean, some people were, of course, you know, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, uh, Harley Race, I'm not going to sit here and name them. Now we've kind of gone the other way. You know, even to get your foot in the door, you've got to be able to have a passable match. And yet you're not really getting the amount of uh, killer promos that we, we still get good promos, of course, and some people are still amazing at it. But I just find that switch to be incredible. It's almost as if, ironically, given that we were talking about Jim Cornette, that in many ways it's evolved into more of a sport because it's about the physicality in the ring aside from the uh, for the characters and while it's always characters in sports that get over the most Muhammad Ali etc I don't know I just thought it was an interesting twist when I sat down to think about it and that, that's why I love wrestling and that's why I think it's so cool that AEW has done exactly what they set out to do and that is turn you I know that WWE got you through the door but the uh, you know the, the people that have got you to sit down on the couch and actually be invested is all elite wrestling and that's why it's good to have competition is the is the best thing in the world yeah no, i've i've enjoyed it i'm glad the option exists i don't know if i'd have been able to 
to still enjoy wrestling. It's um, I've tuned in for a lot of the WWE pay-per-views since I switched over and stopped watching the the weekly shows. Um, and I, I, you know, I've enjoyed a handful of it, but I don't know that that would be enough to keep me involved. Um, mm. yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I've lied to you. I've lied to you. I've got one more thing I'm going to throw you away. Mike Tyson, yes or no? Oh, that's 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 its own thing. I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I I've seen a, a lot of the what culture guys really didn't like it, and I I would propose that the reason they didn't like it was because they were trying to view Mike Tyson as the face, and I don't think that was the case. The that whole episode, the inner circle, was coping with this loss, right? And they were doing it in hilarious heel fashion. Um, but I think they were the sympathetic characters there. And I, I, I think if you just turn who you think is the face and heel on its head, uh, that that thing makes a bit more sense. I think it's gotten them a whole bunch of mainstream publicity, <laughs> which is great. Um, I have no idea. I hope Mike Tyson doesn't accidentally knock somebody out for real. Uh, I, oh, dude. No, no, no. You, I want that more than anything. As long as everybody's okay afterwards, I can make content for days off that. So oh, <laughs> I man. Want that to, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't mind it. When something is that ridiculous, I can't help but like it. I really, really can't. It's just, it just blows my brain. It absolutely blows my brain. No, I'm I'm prepared. I'm prepared. And I mean they're doing it with Jericho. That's the right person to do it with. Um you know, I, I have a hard time seeing something go wrong with him. Well, it's because he's he's got all the experience. Like you've you've proven that he knows what to do. He knows what to do. He just does. That's why that's why he's 30 year veteran. Because he understands the wrestling business. That I'm not gonna lie, man. That was uh that was a great chat. That's the last thing I expected we were going to do today. But what a fascinating, in- it's fascinating insight to pro wrestling. I'm a nerd. I'm, you know, I'm so, I'm so embraced in this stuff that I love to hear it from the other side. And you have such an interesting perspective. So, dude, I appreciate your time. I, I was really glad. I was really glad to get to do it. Uh, I appreciate your time as well. Thank you. Oh, oh, dude, we'll have to get you on. Maybe after we, we've kind of blasted through Fighter Fest, I'd love to get you back in and just again because there's, there's so many. You can have so many firsts. Yeah. And uh, what I would what I'd love to do, and this probably won't happen, but what I'd love to do is talk to you in ten years <laughs> and find <laughs> out who, but but find out who your guy is, right? Because I always say this too: everyone raps on John Cena, but it's like, no, 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 you don't get it. If you're six years old and you're watching wrestling for the first time, John Cena is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. You know, of course he is, because he's your first guy. It's like why Bret Hart was my first guy, but other people have been Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. Whereas with you, you've kind of had it from such a specific angle. Somebody that you may think is your guy may not be your guy. You don't know yet. You'll find out about down the line. I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. And it's um, I almost find it an enviable position to be in, because I think the first few years of watching wrestling are always the best. And then you kind of realize the whole thing is cyclical and we're just going round and round in circles and we just live for a crowd pop, which now we can't even get because it got taken away from us. Um, but yeah, dude, absolutely stay in touch, man. And, you know, if anything big goes down in wrestling, yeah, you know, drop me a line and we'll get you on because I'd love to get your perspective. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to be on. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you, man. Again, thank you for the support. Thank you to everyone who has supported me on Patreon this week. You have no idea how much it helps and how much it humbles me. So you have all my appreciation. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. If you do want to come on, uh, The Week in Gaming is also back, or the Simon Miller's Gaming Show. You can come on the video game podcast instead, should you so wish. Uh, YouTube, head over there. You get special episodes, etc. Simon Miller. Uh, what else have I got? Twitter, Instagram at SimonMiller316. And I think that is all my pimping for today. Have great weekends. Enjoy 
NXT, which we didn't talk about, but I'll talk about it next week. There's plenty of time. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll talk to you all again soon. <laughs>